Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our Who Are We? Well, I'm glad you asked. My name's Evan Crockett, and this is my trusty call. I'm Josh. Hey, Josh. <laughs> I didn't. I did not know what to do. You broke me. Yeah, I just 404 you. You, did, you broke me for seven seconds. I'm, just, I'm looking at <laughs> the recording. And you didn't edit that. You left in all seven of those seconds. <laughs> So, what did you say your name was? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Evan Crockett. That's that's Josh. He's in the I'm windy Josh. city of Chicago. I'm in the beautiful Portland. Chicago's beautiful too. Why do I always do that? <laughs> Chicago's beautiful. Chicago's you must think of. Chi- I know that it's in the middle of the country, and everybody thinks it's the asshole of the country. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Who I don't says that? that Nobody says that. It's, I don't know. I just get this feeling like I had this conversation. It's underappreciated. Where it like, it's, it's, it's it's. I have a lot of West Coast friends. I have yeah, a lot of yeah. East Coast friends. I go to the West Coast and East Coast a lot. I cannot get any of my friends out here. Oh, well, it's in the middle the of the country. Person there that I know, like, a, no, that's not true. I know other people there, but they flaked on me last time I went there. I'm looking at you, Mike Blaylock. Anyway, we're best friends. We come together once a week to talk about a movie from our childhood and decide whether it's aged well or aged poorly, whether it gets a be kind and rewind or an eject and reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. Whoa. Josh, it's episode 100! Oh my god. So, can you believe? Honestly, it's like... (laughs) Can you believe? Can you believe? Um, (laughs) We have done... We've been doing this for a long time. We've been doing it for a long time, dude. We've been doing it for like three years. Coming up on three years. Isn't that crazy? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. In the last three years, that's a good. That's actually a good prompt. What what happened? What um, happened? Uh, the world implode. When we started this podcast, I was living. Morgan and I were living in a condo in Fremont, California, and then yes. we moved back to Castro Valley, California, because fuck homeowners associations. And yeah. then we, and then the world imploded. And then we moved to beautiful Rose Way here in Portland, Oregon. Like, a lot has happened since we started this podcast. I mean, I would hope so. It's been it, three years. It, three years. I know, but it's it's amazing. It's amazing how, like, a lot can change, but also, like, not that much can change. Like, I don't know. Have we gotten better at the podcast? I Have you, uh, have you listened to the first couple of episodes? It's been a minute. But I have listened back to them. I'm I'm glad that um, it do, we no longer sound like that. <laughs> I think it's it's painful. Maybe maybe we'll re-listen to them or something. But uh, we we definitely should. We should geez. revisit some of those early episodes because I don't know. Call me an optimist, but to me, I'm like, oh, they couldn't be that bad, right? Maybe. What are some of your? We will find just out. Your, before we get into the episode, what are some of your favorite? Like what are over the years? Like what are the episodes that have really like stuck with you? Ooh man, God, like there's been so them. many. I mean, Wild Wild West, I feel like was a big one. Like we still to this day will, you know, when we're introducing friends to the podcast, we'll be like, "Hey, you should probably go back and listen to Wild Wild West." 
Which is a pretty dumb example because it's like that's the first time where somebody really broke the rules and like yeah it, it really messed with the format of the show but doing that um i don't know it just has been like incredible to watch to to watch a lot of movies that are from your childhood especially because we became friends in high school so we each had like an entire childhood experience arguably before we ever got to know each other so yeah. it, it has been like Wizards is a movie where I'm like, I would have never watched anything like that on my own. I don't like it, but I really cherish that like we had that experience together. What, what about you? <sighs> yeah, you know, it's just been fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 I, I feel like it's, um, I feel, I feel like it's actually created a better I don't know about you, but I feel like I just understand you better, like, in terms of, like, kind of how, just in hearing, like, how these movies kind of, like, you know, shaped you. Because, well, obviously, like, movies are a big part of both of our childhood. I I just, like, my lexicon for you is greatly increased. But if I'm thinking of particular moments, I think, I think also Wild Wild West was the first one where it just kind of like solidified for me like oh this is really fun oh like, we yeah. can have fun with this <laughs> when like it's not going the way that it's supposed to which of course is a feeling that i chase to this day yeah of you, how can i make chaos. it not feel right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay <laughs> there's i would say there's probably two or three episodes that never made it to air just because things went so wrong <laughs> for one reason or another and I think that because of that, one of my one of my other favorite episodes is um, uh, an American Tale. Oh, uh, like the yeah, yeah, the one where I did that stupid intro. Um, yeah, yeah, where we uh, Fievel goes west, right? Like we we tried to do Billy Elliot, and then it just kept on not working and not working. Oh no, it wasn't Fievel goes west. That was a different episode. It was oh, Billy um, Elliot into um uh, an um uh. Uh, no, uh, it is the rescuers. Oh, the rescuers the, from down under. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my that god. Was such a good because it kept fucking up. Yeah, that is an amazing. I don't, how did I forget about that one? That's the only episode that you've edited too. <laughs> hey, the the viewers don't need to know that. The <laughs> I still call them still viewers. Call them the viewers. Day three one. Years later. Day <laughs> one. I love how shit hasn't changed. Oh man. Well. So th- this movie, I mean, just to to front load this movie as much as possible, I I feel like I have known that this movie, uh, it, it was gonna be episode one hundred for like years. I thought this was gonna be, um, I thought this movie that we chose was gonna be like our season. If we ever decided to end it, to I thought that this would podcast. be like our season yeah. season finale or something, or a series finale. Yeah, I, I I don't know when we will ever end the podcast. I mean, I'm I'm sure we will one day, just because we we will. I don't know. We'll need to. We'll run out of movies from the DVD drawer. But Josh, impossible. Do it. Tell the fine folks what we chose for episode one hundred. I'm just going to get some, uh, let's get some audio in the background. Let's set the scene. Can we have sounds of like cameras flashing, like party goers, like we're at the red carpet, like welcome to the red carpet, the 100th episode. 
Uh, thanks for that applause, everybody. I'm here with Evan Crockett, looking spiffy in that tuxedo. Hey, thanks. You look uh, good, too. Here, you, want, uh, you want some champagne? Let's take a photo. Hey! <laughs> Don't worry, I'll let it this part. <laughs> <laughs> the more uh, yeah, elements you introduced, the more I was like, God, I'm going to hate you. Look, the there's movie. there's uh, uh, all of our favorite characters from the... Uh, from the everything walking by, there goes uh, Brucey Willies. Oh, hey guys, it's hey Brucey. Everything. What? Tell them what you we know, watched. From... Okay, okay, get rid of the cameras. Get, get, rid of right, right. get out of here, you guys. We watched uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle is a 2004 Japanese animated fantasy film written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, loosely based on the 1986 novel of the same name by Diana Wynne-Jones. Um, this movie, I mean, Hayao Miyazaki, legend, legend in the animated business. This movie was a huge part of of both of our childhoods. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to mess it with was the a... format too much. Do you want to hit them with the synopsis before we get into it? A love story between an 18-year-old girl named Sophie, cursed by a witch into an old woman's body, and a magician named Howell. That's not a complete sentence. Under the curse, <laughs> Sophie sets out to seek her fortune? Wait. She does? Hold on, I gotta get through this. Yeah, go all the way. Which takes her to Howell's strange moving castle. In the castle, Sophie meets Howell's fire demon named... What the fuck are they spelling here? The way it's spelled here is Karishifa. Is that how you say spell Kalsifer? Oh, dude, you might might be reading a weird... That's probably Kalsifer in Japanese. Okay, uh, seeing that she is under a curse, the demon makes a deal with Sophie. If she breaks the contract he is under with Howl, then Karushifa will lift the curse that Sophie is under, and she will return to her 18-year-old shape. Whoa. Who wrote that? Happy 100th episode! <laughs> <laughs> Return to her 18-year-old shape? (laughs) I want to return to my 18-year-old shape, please. Oh, my God. That was by um, Sophie. Okay. Thanks, Sophie. Um, Jesus Christ. Let's break that down for a second. So, it's... uh, it's a, girl. it's a girl okay yeah it's a girl she's working in a hat shop she's like think like cinderella even though her family is not mm-hmm. mean to her but she's kind of like the quote-unquote like she's the plain one and yeah. she she's working in it in in a hat shop and she goes somewhere and some soldiers start harassing her and then um uh, emily mortimer who plays sophie the young version of sophie um gets harassed by these soldier boys and then Christian Bale, who's Howl, uh, basically rescues her. And then, so then their fates kind of become intertwined. So then she gets, she gets cursed by the witch of the wastes because the witch of the wastes wants to go after Howl, Like she wants his heart and it's an adventure from there. Like she, Sophie, after she gets cursed to look like an old woman, 
Um, and then when she's an old woman, she's voiced by Gene Simmons. Um, from Kiss? Not from Kiss, but it's an it's <laughs> another actress named Gene Simmons. She was she was a famous actress back in the um, like like fifties and and sixties uh, and things. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the movie. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, what are you doing? Stop and go watch it's, this movie. It's it's quite a, a magic romp. Yeah. Uh, and it and it's very um, it's trippy, drippy, full of wavy, flying puppy explosions. Whoa. That's a good way to put it. It's a better <laughs> synopsis than that one. Oh Jesus! Hold on. A uh, uh, sponsor of the episode, Tangerine Lacroix. Uh, other sponsor of the episode and original uh, serious snack. Figs. Figs. Aw. Bringing it back to the old school. So, so yeah, this movie. Now, I distinctly remember first seeing this movie, and I'm wondering if you remember it the same way that I do, because this is another unique scenario where Josh and I have a connection together with this movie. Do you remember? Did we? Do you remember? Did we see it for the first time together? Okay, so I watched it in theaters, and I immediately thought to myself, holy fuck, Josh needs to watch this movie. Oh. And so then the very next day, I went and I I was like, dude, we're watching this movie. And this was back when I worked at the movie theater in downtown Mill Valley. Oh, did we go to Sequoia to see this? We didn't go to Sequoia, but but I got free movie tickets to any Century Theater. So we saw it at Northgate. Man, I see that's that's kind of what I was disappointed about going into this uh, episode is I know the the memory of us. We have an intertwined memory of going to see it together, but I couldn't I can't recall. Yeah, I remember everything about it because I it, I mean, that hardly ever happens where like you go see a movie in theaters and then like the next day you see the same movie. Tell tell it. Tell the story. I want to know. I mean, that's it. That's the whole story. <laughs> i don't know maybe there was like we got orange juliuses and we intertwined hands and skipped to the movie we 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 went to ddr and you did really really well you did three songs in a row on heavy and you got s rank and did i really and there i'm sure you did because we that's like every time we went to Northgate. You did that. Aladdin's Palace. That's what the name of that arcade at the mall. Yeah, Aladdin's Palace. And all of the 10-year-old girls girls would gawk at you. Do you remember that? Uh, I do remember getting a lot of gawkers. Yeah, Because yeah. it's a weird thing to look at. It's a dance on a, a weird pad. But you didn't... Uh, you never held the bar. I remember that about you. You were a purist. Yeah, because, I mean, it's cheating. To hold the bar, <laughs> all the high level DDRs right now are writing in. Yeah, if any if anybody listening to this is a high level DDR and they want to fight me on this, you can find me at at Josh Barwin. That's J A R B A R S H A C N N N N at on Instagram. That is the best way you spelled it for a long time. That's iconic. You used to do that all the time. 
I'm trying to bring oh. out some of the callbacks of uh of I love yesteryear. that you're doing that. That's funny. Yeah. You're eating figs, you're misspelling things. <laughs> I'm probably gonna try to ruin the episode at some point. Yeah, at some point you're gonna be like, Evan, there's a lathe coming in here. Um A lathe? A lathe. <laughs> like a knife? Yeah, like a big lathe. No, why would that be coming in? I don't know. The lathe of heaven. There's a movie that's a that book a by Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, okay, sorry, I don't... Anyway. Um, yeah, you're taking my job. This, <laughs> I did, I just took it from you. So this movie, I mean, needless to say, it made a huge impact. For me, this was the second Miyazaki movie I'd ever seen. I'm pretty sure that I had seen um, Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't... Actually, you know what? I don't think I had. I think this was my first Hayao Miyazaki movie. This might have been mine. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was my first. Because it came out in in whenever that was that I was working in. Uh, so it came out like in 2006 or 2007. Yeah, I think it was 2000. I thought it was 2005. Oh, maybe you know what? I think it was 2005. We were in high school still. Yeah, yeah, we were still in high school. So and I and I was working at the theater when I was in high school. So, um, so this one like it, it just it made a huge impression on me. Um, and then since then, I have gone on to watch, I think I've watched all of the Miyazaki movies, many of them multiple times, um, but I definitely have like standout favorites, and this one is easily up there. Like it, it I don't know, what, what about you? Well, this, again, was my first uh, kind of experience in a Miyazaki, and I remember being totally blown away. Yeah. When we we went to go see it, I was like, oh, my God, because this is just there's a level of of strangeness and weirdness and suspension of disbelief and just visual kind of this this like cacophony of like strange ideas that that happens in a Miyazaki movie that I just I really resonated with. Yeah. I was already kind of like coded for those things. So I I remember seeing it with you and just going like, oh my God, that just made sense to me. And we like named your tape deck and your car calcifer RIP because it was stolen from your car. (laughs) It was. Dude, Um, I still do that. I still name like anytime I get a new computer, I always name it calcifer. Oh, because I'm a dangerous fire demon that will burn your hard drive. <laughs> Billy Crystals. Oh, Billy and Crystals. I, yeah, and it was also one of the first DVDs that I had bought for myself. Because there were, because early, early on, I was, there was two DVDs that I was given as gifts that kind of started the collection in earnest, which was, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show and mm. one other movie that I'm forgetting. Hmm. Okay. Was it House Moving Castle? No, it was something else. But that it came really closely after. So this was something that went on very often. I would watch it by myself. I would watch it with a friend, or, mm. you know, whoever I was dating at the time. And it was just, it was very, it was very available and watched a lot. I definitely watched it a lot in college. That was kind of like the big period of like, I'm going to fucking watch this. Because everybody that I was around was a Miyazaki fan. Yeah. My roommate was too. And I feel like in the, in the late aughts and 2010s, it was like very on trend to be into Hayao Miyazaki movies. I mean, he's he's been, uh, you know, he'd been around for a long time. Like, My Neighbor Totoro came out in the 80s. 
Um, yeah. I mean, he's got a huge library of movies, but I, I do have this sense that, like, you know, it started with Spirited Away because that won the Academy Award for Best Animated Picture, and everybody was kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? Like, where'd he come from? And then now he's such, like, a household name in, in movies like Ponyo and, and Howl's Moving Castle and um, uh, uh, The Secret World of Arietti, like, all of these movies that have come out that are more modern um, you know, yeah. it, it's it's like a thing to be into Miyazaki now. And I remember that when Ponyo came out, that was a big deal. Like, here's the next Miyazaki, and I and that might have had something to do with the kind of popularity at the time. And then I remember seeing Ponyo and being like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Ponyo's fine. But it it's still it's still link that I mean that love for Miyazaki never really changed or faded. So I was going into this movie. Very well versed in it, though I probably have not sat down to watch it in over two, maybe like maybe two years. Mm -hmm. I I haven't watched it in a bit, Um, mostly because Miyazaki movies aren't so easy to just passively watch these days. In in terms of um, streaming services, it's pretty... It's not it's not as easy like even just watching it this time I had to get back on my DVD like I yeah. you had to like buy it everywhere unless you had like HBO or something and Miyazaki's kind of been like that it's like if you want to watch his IP you got to you got to go somewhere to get it. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean for me this movie is one that I cuz I I rewatch movies a lot. Um I probably mm-hmm. have watched this movie at least once a year like every year since it has come out. Um, mm-hmm. or since, you know, since we saw it in theaters together, um, it, you know, it, it some interesting things that actually I, I never knew about it, um, were, um, part of, part of what influenced his anti-war themes are Miyazaki. He had a strong opposition to, uh, the U S invasion of Iraq in 2003. Um, interesting. And so that's kind of what what prompted a lot of that because the now the book which I have read, I don't know, have you read the book? So I have I tried, I couldn't get into it. I somebody yeah. here in Chicago lent me the book and gave me the fairest warning yeah. about the book because they were like, "Hey, look, like here's House of Women Castle. I have it. And I was like, oh, I'm so, I am love the movie. I'm so excited to read it. And they're like, well, just so you know, it's nothing like yeah. the movie. The movie's like dark and very like, you know, it's whimsical, but it has like a very action element where the book is a lot more like a storybook, yeah. you know, kind of like a classic fairy tale. And I was like, oh, I'll be into it. And I think I got like three or four chapters in. And I was like, oh, I kind of know what's going to happen. And nothing's exciting me so i kind of gave up on it it's it's a completely different tone it's really more of like a chapter book for kids that are learning to read um yeah whereas yeah howl's moving i mean we'll we'll get into it on in the second half if if our opinion of it isn't obvious enough already but the the movie is so grandiose and so like just so magical in every sense of the word that the to get through the book, because I, I did read through all of the book. Um, he also, in 2013, he said that this is his favorite movie. Of the ones that he's made? Of the ones that he has made. He said, this is the favorite movie. And he really? said, I wanted to convey the message that life is worth living. And I don't think that that has changed. 
So he he really feels Whoa. like this is like the thing, which is interesting because uh, you know I like I said it's it's up there like it's in my it's in my top Miyazaki movies for sure, but it isn't my favorite one. Like and and I don't think that it's objectively his best movie. I th- yeah, but at the That's same time, if I think about him and his vision and his like his be- his way of experiencing the world as like so so beautiful it it is kind of perfect from that perspective well it sounds like we need to get into the second half <laughs> quick <laughs> yeah we we do need to get into the second half so we'll be right back with more tapes 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 after this y'all if you can believe it tapes 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 is in its fourth season the boys are once again here to help decide the fate of movies stuck in cinematic purgatory oh no the suspense remember you can follow tapes 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 on instagram to stay in touch with the show between episodes you'll find announcements surveys and more If you'd like to take your relationship with the show to the next level and get your credit card involved, find the show on Patreon, too. The boys thank you for your support. All right, now it's time to get back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Um, So how's Moving Castle? All right, I I feel like I've talked a lot. I want to know what you you thought watching it this time around. <clears throat> so again, I haven't watched it in about two years, and this is also a movie that I've watched with. I've had I've had a lot of shared experiences with this movie. Like I've watched it with a lot of, you know, over the years, like significant others or friends. And I gotta say that the general, um, the general feeling that like kind of gets evoked when I watch this movie or when I watch with other people is one of like romance yeah. like it's a very kind of like peaceful and serene movie that has a lot of action and darkness to it but it's really like it all kind of comes through that first song in those first like kind of sweeping images of like the hillsides yeah um that just like makes it very like i just feel kind of like at peace when it starts and that's usually the shared experience that i had mm. and this time that i watched it so i watched it with sienna yeah had she ever seen it before and she had never seen it before Holy she's shit. also not not too up on miyazaki movies okay yeah i know i've talked about it before but she's she just didn't grow up with a lot of movies in general mm-hmm. so it's not really in her in her forte um and so she was coming to this kind of blind and I was excited to see for her to watch it because it's also kind of a little bit more whimsical and storybooky and she really loves that stuff. Yeah. And the style in this movie. I mean, I can only imagine that like there, there's so many details and and she is so that way. Like anyway, I don't, I don't Yeah. But anyway, so we started watching it and I got to tell you, this was the hardest time I've ever had watching it. What? Why? Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it a lot, but I actually had a hard time watching why, it. Why, 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 why? Explain. So I loathed Howell. Well, yeah. Watching it this time. Yeah, yeah. No, he's terrible. <laughs> 
but I think yeah. of the, so. Okay, to back up, I've always I've I've always seen a little bit of myself in Howell because he's like sure. this vain creature that like really isn't out there to look for anybody's ass but but his own. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I just kind of like toss it off. It's like, yeah, that's me. And bleh, I idolize these people that we shouldn't look up to. <laughs> Yeah, he's very just looks like, white. We've got a similar build. He's very like David Bowie, Frankenfurter. Like he's a very flamboyant, flashy, kind of you know cool character, but not like in in a way that is almost kind of queer. Like there's there's something about yeah. him that yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, so just going in, I was like, I was having a little trouble with that. And Sienna was watching it first, the first time. She was really ready. And the first scene pops in and it's like her kind of like at the hat shop. And then she leaves. And then within three minutes of the movie, she, she gets cornered by these guards. Right. And it's very like, oh, shoot. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't help you. I got to get out of here. But these guards are like, they're about to do something bad. Yeah. And then out of fucking nowhere, without any context, this guy shows up and is essentially like, oh, hi, I'm going to take you now. <laughs> and like, she's like, oh, OK, I guess I got to go with this guy. And just within that, before anything else happens, Sienna was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she was very, like, where's the... She has, like, no autonomy in this whole in this whole thing. And I was like, huh. Yeah. You're kind of right. She was just trying to, like, live her life, and then all these people just started, like, choosing what she was going to do. And, you know, then the story got in, and it became a lot more like, oh, okay, this isn't about how, like, you know women have no power and like all those things. So it was a little bit, you know, a better experience for her. Yeah. But the more that I watched it, like, and I guess I'm just speaking specifically about like Howl, but for some reason this time that I watched it, like I really like did not empathize with him. I did not root for him. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like made the movie a little bit, I a little bit less enjoyable than any other time that I've watched it. Mm. And that's not to say like I, so all the, all the, I of course know this movie like the back of my hand. So, yeah. and I still find all the moments, the moments that I love, I still love like Calcifer and a turnip head in particular is just like one of my favorites. Yeah. You dressed up I as still, turnip head for Halloween one year, right? I think that is I think that is my apex yeah. of um Halloween costumes. Anybody listening to this right now, I should post Yeah, po- when post we post this, when, episode, when this episode when, goes I'll up. Put, yeah. Yeah, I'll put it up on the Instagram. I constructed a turnip head costume and I'm very proud of it. It's uh, incredible. And shout outs to Isaac Kozadar, my <laughs> past roommate, who had to because when I wore it, I couldn't move my arms and I couldn't see. So he had to like walk me around like <laughs> just so I could like and he was he did it like he was like, OK, I'll walk you around. And yeah, shout out to that guy for spending his Halloween and moving on. So I guess in it just my my first thesis is I definitely enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. But this was the hardest time I had kind of dealing with. Some of the relationships in this movie, especially with like men and women, but especially Howell. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I because I, uh, I mean, the way that I relate to Howell in this 
and this has always been the same, which is like, this guy's an asshole. But like, like, I, I don't know. I never, I never thought, oh, that guy's cool. I want to be like that guy because I, because I don't have that undercurrent of being like, I love David Bowie and I love like that kind of flamboyant character because it wasn't like, I never identified with that. I always identified more with people like Sophie, to be honest, where mm-hmm. like there's situations that are out of your control and you're just kind of trying to make the best of it. And like, I don't know. I, I, I've never, it, that has never been distracting to me. And because she is framed, like the way that the movie is framed, she's really the main character. Um, yeah. And she goes through this entire journey. Uh, and, you know, they play with themes of old age and they play with themes of like of compassion and having compassion and love. and love and like and having compassion for other people, especially elderly people. Um, I think that that. There's so yeah. much of that that goes on in this movie that I kind of ignore the problematic parts. Um, probably wrongfully so. I mean, definitely the way that Howell gets introduced into this movie. Um, I mean, if if we were going to make a feminist critique of this movie, it could certainly be done a lot better. Um, at the same time... It just it wasn't a thing that that distracted me, and it definitely didn't distract me this time around. I, I was still swept away with the the imagery and the score, and um, just the imagination, like the the kind of mind that would come up with something that is so purely magical. To me, is like it's incredible, and and. That's why, you know, before the break when Miyazaki said this is his favorite creation, I can see why. Because yeah. it, it's like the purest distillation and the purest vision uh, of his that I can think of. Like if somebody were to just to ask me, like, what's the, the go-to Miyazaki movie? I would pick this one. Even though there are other ones that I personally like more, that I maybe resonate with more, that I think are actually better movies overall... I would say like this one has the most cohesive narrative. It's got yeah. it's got everything you need. It's got narrative, it's got beauty, it has magic, it has real like it has those real elements of like those human real elements. Um it has all of those things. Um you know, so I so for me like that that was my experience just again I just was like a wash in in a glow of of adoration for this movie like i always like i always am whenever i watch it yeah that's really true i had a harder time getting there i was really yeah. and you know maybe that's just maybe and maybe that's just it maybe it's because we've just perceived these main characters or like saw different things in these main characters earlier on yeah and this might have been one of the first times where i really sat and watched howl and like critically thought about my own like love for him it's it is like oh shit it's so funny because (laughs) for for me in this movie this movie has one of the best lines that i've ever heard in a movie ever do you know what i'm about to say i think i i think it's the line that i put i'm pretty sure i put it as one of my senior quotes wait really maybe okay what's the what's the line maybe it didn't it might have been a runner-up 
I give up. I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful. Did you put that in yours? In the scene I might yearbook? have. I might have. I'd have to pull it up. I, I put weird shit in my Dude, senior yearbook. that was so... Because that line is just like so... That line is clutch. It's so perfect. And I guess for me, like, because I... That whole scene is perfect. That Yeah, and that... But that's the thing, like... For me, I look at that scene and I look at Howl in that scene and I go like, you are such a baby. Like, you're such a drama king. Like, you can't handle the fact that, like, a person cleaned up and you made a mistake and, like, you're flipping out about it. So, to me, Howl has just always been, like, a, like a ridiculous child. <laughs> so, I never quite, I never really uh, yeah. took him seriously. Yeah, I think I did, but also I kind of <laughs> saw myself in him a little bit because I was like, I'm sure there's one point in my life I was just like, yeah, I get why he's throwing a fucking tantrum <laughs> and like melting and stuff. <laughs> like, she fucked up the hair products and you're beautiful and I don't see the point in life. Of, I, can't I see beautiful. no point in living if I can't be beautiful. <laughs> was this movie the inspiration for... How uh, for how for Christian Bale making his Batman voice because oh, there's this one point in the movie when he's like <laughs> having trouble turning back into a human and he's the bird and Sophie's like oh are you okay and he goes go away yeah yeah he does he, oh my god you might be right maybe that is where he found his uh his Batman <laughs> Batman um anyway i mean that's that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit but like that that's my favorite part of the movie is uh, i i will i say that probably on like a monthly basis at least i will i'll just turn <laughs> to morgan i'll be like i see no point in living if i can't be beautiful i need to bring it back into rotation because <laughs> it's so good you know there's there's actually i um there's moments in this movie that i attribute to certain people uh-huh. because this was also a big movie for john oh our buddy john, john Del yeah shout out there's Del some love you girl <laughs> actually love, love you, you girl. Girl. <laughs> i love all the other people too but just more history john Del Seco. all right it, <laughs> he he there were some calcifer lines that he would just use on repeat oh yeah and uh yeah, well, particularly, uh, the, so there's this m- moment in the when like cal- when everybody's kind of meeting each other for the first time, and they make breakfast, and of course it's yes. the most beautiful breakfast you've ever seen in your that life. That is also like but, runner like, up with best scenes of like any movie ever. Is like it makes it's all you want to eat after that. Like, oh, it's fucking bacon and eggs, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, there's this moment where after Sophie cooks the the breakfast. Calva Surfer is like, "Why well, you guys are gonna eat while I do all the work?" And uh, Sophie's like, "They're like, yeah." And then there's just this little moment where like Calcifer kind of rolls on his side and he goes, "Yes," which is just like a little like "fuck you" gesture. But John used to do that movement and that sound all the time. You go, "Oh, that's great." Oh my god! And I think he would say, "May all your bacon burn," like a lot. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Calcifer. I mean, we, we haven't really talked about like we've talked about Howl, we've talked about Sophie a little bit in her journey, but Calcifer is such an integral character for me. Like Billy Crystal, he carries a lot of it. Oh my god, just kills it being this fire demon who 
and there's and there's weight to the like it's a very important character narratively which i which i really love like i love that that is yeah. is in the movie um i don't know i just i i could easily go on forever talking about like all the things that i that i love about the movie um do you have any other favorite moments it's all so spectacular it's hard to pinpoint one like there are so many moments where everything just kind of coalesces into like almost perfection like yeah. this the it just it's like the animation it's like insistent on in its beauty like there's yeah. some scenes where you literally you're watching the movie and you're just like oh, oh my god like i can't believe that somebody drew some of the backgrounds that are that are just backgrounds that are there for a second they're there for like two seconds like the in the very beginning of the movie the inside of sophie's hat shop when she's working on hats incredible like that could be that painting could be in a museum like all of miyazaki's movies are like that like yeah just everything is given such detail and like care just all the stuff that you like most animators wouldn't even think to put that much care you know just passing shots and stuff he he's just like no 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 the the like cave of wonders that is howl's room inside the castle like this needs all of this work and and just like all of the little images in there it's incredible we're at that point episode 100 uh, what's it gonna be man we've done it a hundred times um i'm going to I'm sorry, what are the options? So the options are, and just for everybody watching, uh, first of all, new listeners, welcome. Thank you very much for coming. Um, be kind and rewind or eject and reject? Um, well, if I was going with the first few episodes, I wouldn't be able to remember the name for be kind and rewind or eject and reject. So oh, yeah. it's only fitting that I don't give either of those. So I'm going to give this a... Um, is that a, why you started doing this these weird ratings because you couldn't remember the actual ratings I uh, only the pages of history know <laughs> I'm gonna give this one a turnip and turnt up <laughs> Josh what what did that mean? Uh, hey, Evan, what do you give this movie? <laughs> um, well, I am I am not beholden to your laws and rules and regulations about the Golden Totoro. This movie's got to get a Golden Totoro. Okay. Like too many Golden Totoros in the room. There's not- <laughs> but it has to. This movie is incredible. Like it's it's it it just is i don't know i i feel like i've i've made my opinion pretty clear um it's it is whimsy in a movie like it it actually yeah, yeah. is magic there's somehow and animation is one of those formats especially hand drawn animation is one of those types of media where you can actually transcend the medium itself in a way that you can't with 3D animation or with live action. Like, there's something about putting pen on paper that it, it is... You could only do this movie in this way. 
And so I feel like just for that transportive effect, like it has to get a golden Totoro. Yeah, I pretty I agree with everything that you say, but I still give it the um, turnip and turnip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, turnips are important. Um, yeah. What would you recommend either instead of this movie or like, like what is, what is your go-to when, when people say, hey, what's your favorite Miyazaki movie? Robocop 2. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week of Tapes. <laughs> No, no, I'll no. give a real answer. No, I won't because it's the 100th episode and we're sticking to traditions. No, I want to actually know. I'm I'm I don't think that I know what your favorite Miyazaki movie is. Miyazaki. What movie. do you think it is? Prin- We've talked. Is it Princess Mononoke? It's Princess Mononoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesus. No, it, I'm just I'm trying to think like are any of them better than Princess Mononoke? <sighs> Spirited away. I no, I actually don't think Spirited Away. Ugh. I'm gonna get hate hate from the Miyazaki fans out there. I don't think Spirited Away is that good. We're not lining up on that one. I think that one's great. <laughs> I I just think it's too. And, and this might just be to our natures. It's too random. There there's too much going on in too many different. It's very imaginative, like. If you were to workshop and storyboard an actual movie from that movie, then maybe that would be good. <laughs> wow. I I need to rewatch that one. I haven't seen it in a while. So maybe that's the recommendation. Go watch or we should watch. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be down to do Spirited Away for, for an episode. We watched, we did watch it for the like Disney thing that we're doing on the side. And um, I just, we Morgan and I both were kind of surprised at how it didn't, it wasn't that good. Like, mm. it was just kind of, it was just kind of okay. I don't want to hear that. I know, but I didn't want to hear you talk about Howl being your little daddy. Um, or Robocop. I, <laughs> instead of Princess Mononoke, I would say, like, a, a an underwatched, in my opinion, Castle in the Sky. Uh, have you ever seen that one? I don't think I've ever seen... Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that, that one. That one's... I've seen Nausicaa of the Wind. That one's great. Yeah, Na- Nausicaa is great. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service is also great. I just... I don't hear many people talking about Castle in the Sky, and it... Um, I think it... I just think it's beautiful, and I think it's a fun... It's a fun, adventurous romp, so... Give it a try. I mean, honestly, you're not, you can't really go wrong with any of them. Like, <laughs> all of them are good. Yeah, well, I think Ponyo's pretty weak, honestly. Well, Ponyo is like, he was like, okay, I need to make a movie for, like, really little kids. But then he gave up on the movie, like, th- three-fourths of the way in. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, I... I there's certain I There's certain things that I like about it. Like, I like, uh... Sasuke Ham 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 Of course that's the best There's some moments that are fun And the animation is of course like beautiful Like jaw droppingly gorgeous But um, anyway Alright folks Well that was it episode 100 Episode 100 in the can In the can baby We did do it I'm so proud of us there's another thing I used to do. You did use to haul. Did you bring in all the call? I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, Oh no! <laughs> Wizards. Oh Jesus. Well, in in old school 
tapes, tapes, tapes fashion. We're not going to do the outro like we normally do. We just oh. appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone. Wow, that caught me off guard. <laughs> now I ruined it. All right, everybody. Bye. Uh, yeah.